0: Today on the Future of Fandom, get a life, or at least some insurance for it. My name's Adam Connor, I'm your host, and on this episode, we learn about some terms of digital engagement as a startup with Ladder and their VP of Marketing, Olivia Bourget. Ladder lets you get a life insurance policy in as little as five minutes, which is obviously a great pull, but it got me thinking. If you can get your customer to make a lifelong decision in such little time, how do you build community from minute six onwards? Olivia does a great job explaining that as well as how to set yourself apart as a startup via a little shock value and altogether what a best-in-class digital insurance experience of the future looks like. So let's stake a claim of our own and predict the future with Ladder and Olivia Bourget. Hey Olivia, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Sunny California today.
0: Oh, you know what? It's been more frequent than not here to not be sunny. I'm on the East Coast, on the other side. And we (laughs) have just been, I feel like every six hours it snows. So uh, jealous already, but I'm hoping to get there quickly. And I'm glad you're here with us today to talk about, um, uh, well, the sunny side of insurance, let's say, uh, and how you are building a community that that sticks. And, and this will be a first for our podcast to talk about the insurance space specifically. Um, and it carries with it maybe a few stereotypes that you can help me break apart. But mm-hmm. first, just for those who don't know, obviously people know what insurance is and life insurance is, but why don't you give us your spin on what ladder is and how it differentiates and we'll go from there.
1: Sounds good. Um, so ladder was created in response to a problem, which is the fact that Over 100 million uh, underinsured and uninsured Americans know that they need uh, to buy life insurance. 46% of them uh, will tell you that they'll suffer really harsh financial uh, troubles within just six months of losing a primary breadwinner. And yet those people still don't have the coverage that they need. Um, And that's due to the fact that the barriers to buying life insurance have been so high. You know, if you think about Uh, you and I in this day and age, we can pretty much buy anything we want, you know, directly on our phone. Uh, But when it comes to life insurance, uh, it's still very common for it to take weeks, you know, six to eight weeks is what we typically see. It involves a ton of middlemen, it involves paperwork, it involves medicals. Um, So it's just really fallen behind modern consumer expectations. Another, you know, you're talking about (laughs) busting some myths Uh, Another common barrier is uh, the cost of life insurance. Millennials in particular uh, will overestimate the cost of life insurance by almost 10x. Uh, Whereas, you know, simple term life insurance for a young, healthy person, depending on, you know, level of coverage can just be one to two dollars a day. Um, And then the last point is almost this um, paralysis, uh, if you will. You know, life insurance at its core is just this very simple promise um, for a company to step in. If the worst happens to take care of your family. But there's been a proliferation of just very complex offerings, you know, bundled with investment type of products. Uh, and so consumers don't even really know where to start. They don't know if they need term life or whole life or any kind of other life. Uh, they don't know how much coverage they should get. They're worried about being stuck with more coverage than they need. They're worried about, you know, hidden fees. And so there's kind of this this paralysis and all these three factors, right? The time it takes, how expensive people think it takes, how confusing it is. Um, All of these three factors just contribute to this huge coverage gap that we see in the US today um, that's amounting to 16 trillion uh, with a T. So what Ladder did was invest in technology that would allow us to underwrite people in real time digitally. Um, And this underwriting innovation is really what underpins everything else. Uh, We still have upwards of 60% of employees today that are focused on underwriting uh, in one way or the other. And it's this ability to underwrite people in real time that powers our consumer experience. You know, the fact that you can get, if you're approved with Ladder, you can get life insurance is just five minutes on your phone from start to finish. Um, It's also what underpins our ability to give you our best pricing um, you know, adjusted for the risk. And it's it's really, you know, risk is really something that we need to be wise about if we want to make a lasting promise to our consumers. Um, and so we have to remember that, you know, insure tech is part tech, but part insurance. And insurance is about, you know, again, being smart on the risk. So that's a little bit about Ladder. Uh, we've been growing very, very fast. Uh, we've been investing in a ton of fun stuff on the product and brand side. Um, so we can keep talking about it if you want, but I'll pause there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I really want to know. I mean, the biggest thing that stuck out to me, which I want to jump on, is the real time aspect of the business, which is uh, highly valuable for the end consumer. Mm-hmm. Did I hear five minutes. Is that right? So so you're telling me somebody wants to get a life insurance policy and I'm dumbing it down for well people like me. So if I want to get a life insurance policy and I'm like, well, uh, I need to do it fast. I can get it done in five minutes with you guys, huh?
1: That was, yeah, that five minutes was our fastest application ever from wow. you landing on our website, filling our application, you getting an instant offer from us saying yes and walking away. We actually have uh, consumer uh, testimonials uh, that tell us I got my life insurance policy while waiting in line at the grocery store or in the security line at the airport. Those are How true customer that? stories that we hear every day.
0: Well, and you know, to me, like I have seen this as a trend, but not in insurance. It's Mm -hmm. been in other areas of the financial sector where a big selling point has been set this thing up quickly. I've Mm -hmm. seen it in banking mostly. And that speed has been the message with which others have built an entire brand identity. You know, Mm -hmm. get this done quickly and and boom, how easy is that? Yeah, sure, you can get it in line at the grocery store. Um, And it's so popular... And I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to pander to the rest of the industry, but like, why doesn't everybody do that?
1: Because <laughs> it's very difficult to do, uh, and and that's what can be deceiving uh, about life insurance, and and that's what's been, you know, at times uh, almost controversial for us as far as the strategy that we've taken to focus on underwriting first, is because it, you know it doesn't bear fruit until you've invested in it for a little bit, so it doesn't look. It's not obvious on the surface what you're actually working on, um, but figuring out how to find alternate data sources um, to accurately underwrite people to the you know, the standards of underwriting that have existed in the industry for a very long time today. So have machines replicate uh, what humans and you know, decades of data have done is a very difficult problem. Uh, And you get better at it over time as you have more data, as you learn, as you do your post-issue audits. And so we've been incredibly disciplined uh, in investing in that. And again, once you get that right, then you can confidently make an offer to a consumer at a great price, uh, you know, in five minutes, and you can feel confident about your risk. But that is, uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's not just about propping a pretty website uh, and then throwing people back into an old school application, which has happened, uh, you know, elsewhere
0: yeah I was I'm guessing that it's it takes a lot more than a than a polished front end to to figure out mm-hmm. how to do that well and, and scalably there, there are a bunch of interesting business growth questions I, I could ask here but I, I want to focus instead on um, well the the words we focus on uh, for this show which mostly starts with the fandom because mm-hmm. of course there are many ways in which organizations in insurance or otherwise seek to build passionate uh, consumers you know and fans. If the process is so quick, I get it done in five minutes, or let's say that I'm a slow guy and I get it done in 10, all right? <laughs> I go through that process and I uh, you know, I wring my hands together and say, okay, great, it's done, check. Because this is a big life check mark, isn't it? I mean, at least it's what mm-hmm. I've been told. You got to have life insurance. Okay, I come through ladder, boom, I get it done in five, 10 minutes. How easy is that? But my biggest question here is that assuming that you are building a community of people who are, uh, well, fans of ladder, how do you build community beyond that when the whole Mm -hmm. plug is to say, well, we're going to get it done quick and then you got it. What what comes next?
1: It's such a great question. Um, So yeah, life insurance traditionally has been kind of this one and done purchase or, or, you know, this, this eight weekend done purchase, if you look at the traditional way of getting it. Um, And, you know, indeed we really want to help you get through that painful part. Um, really fast and actually make the painful part not painful. We have you know really high NPSs. It's a pretty delightful experience. Um, but you know, when you think about it, then we're entering into a relationship with the consumer that's going to last 10, 20, 30 years. Um, so there's an incredible opportunity uh, for life insurance brands to expand uh on that relationship, you know, and add value to the consumer and vice versa. Um, so you know, not, and it, it's not just an opportunity; uh, it, it's also very legitimate. If you think about our category, we just insured your life, uh, so we have um, you know a lot of credibility and a lot of incent, aligned incentives in helping you live your longest, you know, healthiest, best life. Uh, so you can imagine how broad um, the types of you know innovations and cross sales opportunities might be in this category. Um, so at Ladder, we thought about that on um, two vectors, one being product, one being brand. Of course, the two uh, are very intricately linked. Um, you know, On the product side, I think a quintessential example um, is our laddering feature. So uh, we give users the ability to modify their coverage uh, over time. So if you imagine... Um, You know, you're sending off your kids to college or you're paying off your mortgage. Well, you don't need as much life insurance as you used to. And so we allow you to just decrease that coverage and decrease your premiums and save money um, in the same proportion. Uh, That's particularly popular, um, you know, when we work with partners. So, for example, SoFi, which has ladder pretty deeply integrated, not only will they be able to offer life insurance right from that platform, but as they continue to give you financial advice and help you manage your entire financial life, you can manage your life insurance dynamically right there. So decrease it or apply for more. Um, So that's kind of one examples of product innovation that, you know, build on that one and done relationship. Um, There are other things, um, you know, that I can't quite talk about, um, but that you can imagine around, you know, health and general wellness and kind of the integrations, uh, that could, could add on to our products today on the brand side. I really think of this category less as a financial, uh, category, but more as a lifestyle one, uh, because of what I just said, the fact that we're ensuring your life and that there's so much heart and emotion in this category that, Uh, we can engage with consumers beyond just, you know, talking about money and their finances. And so if you look at how we've developed the latter brand, uh, the type of content that we put out there, our look and feel, um, it looks a lot closer to, you know, a lifestyle or almost fashion brand than it would your traditional kind of, you know, financial institution, which is also something that we've seen build trust with consumers, you know, and in some cases, especially younger generations can be a little weary of, you know, the old established financial um, company, and they're really looking for brands that get them that they can relate to that look like all the other products that they consume. And that's really the direction we're trying to take uh, our brand and just a life insurance category in general.
0: It brings up a number of, of interesting um dynamic levers to one's life and some of which we can talk and some of which we won't. But yes, it becomes easy to me when I think about, well, how should staying healthy reward you in other ways? And we've talked about this Mm -hmm. on that, uh, you know, on the podcast and in other measures, um, mostly within the world of credit and rewards with Mm -hmm. with retail partners, things like that, obviously life insurance and therein have other implications, particularly in the B2B world. But again, we're here mostly to talk about uh, the fandom. And here's another Mm -hmm. aspect of that, which... I find to be prevalent in insurance more than anywhere else, and that is there are a ton, a ton, and you mostly see it on television, of ad campaigns which seek to use humor, in some cases to use shock, to use gimmicks, to hook a consumer. For example, well, I might not know everything that Progressive does, to throw a name out there, but God, don't I know their characters from their TV (laughs) commercials. And in your case, you uh, took the tact of using a bit of shock value. So I want to focus on this part next. And listeners, you may be familiar with this, but we'll describe it a little more. You had a campaign um, to market yourself that was called uh, the So Good campaign and So Good dot, 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 I'll let you finish the sentence and created quite a bit of shock value, I would say in the marketing for a life insurance product. And I'd like to use that lens to get your perspective on how to use shock value in marketing to build Mm -hmm. awareness, no matter who you are, because that's always the foundation of fandom.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) thanks for bringing up this campaign. Uh, We've been very proud of it. Uh, It's been working really nicely for us. So I'll just take a big step back and uh, talk about really the opportunity behind a campaign, which is the fact that there is no beloved consumer life insurance brand today. Um, You know, If you go to a party today and you ask someone outside of the industry, like, what's your favorite life insurance brand? They'll look at you with a blank stare because the question doesn't even make sense. And again, we've talked about that this is a category that's about the most selfless expression of love that you could possibly have. It's about your family. It's about your home. It's about who you are as a person. So It's crazy to me that, you know, in a world where we can love our shoes or our thermostat, you know, with with a brand like Nest, for example, we have at best indifference for life insurance companies. So we see an incredible opportunity as Ladder to establish herself as the beloved uh, life insurance brand. On the other hand of that, we also recognize that building brand is very expensive and takes a lot of time. Uh, you mentioned Progressive. Progressive spends north of two billion dollars on ads every year. Um, so, you know, as a startup, uh, we know that if we want to pierce through, if we want to compete, we can't compete with media dollars and sheer, you know, power of repetition. We have to compete with outstanding creative that's really going to grab people's attention. So I'll talk about uh, the campaign a little more. Um, so it is born out of a consumer insight, which is the fact that almost one in two couples that get life insurance will joke about taking each other out for the life insurance money. Um, so we've designed a spot that is essentially about this dad that keeps coming home uh, to his house that has been booby trapped by the entire family, including the dog, even the dogs on it and you find out at the end that it's because he has great life insurance with Ladder. And the tagline is life insurance so good they're going to want you dead. So that's kind of the shock value that you're that you're referring to. But what really works for me about this campaign is is number one, just the memorability, the memorability that comes through the humor and the memorability that comes through having this inside joke that people make be played out externally. Uh, you kind of you know, good humor plays on on that tension and that release, right? When that tagline kind of drops. Um, the second thing is that it carries a true consumer promise, right? It's not humor for the sake of humor. It's telling you there's something new there. It's telling you this is not any kind of old life insurance. This is life insurance so good, your family might come after you. Um, And then third, as I mentioned, it is grounded in a consumer insight. I think great ads resonate when there's a real truth at their core. And this is a truth. This is a joke that people actually make. Um, so, you know, we loved the idea, I also loved the fact that it had legs creatively, right? You can imagine a whole series <laughs> of these spots. Um, and we launched it at the beginning of uh, last year. As I mentioned before, you know brand advertising and awareness building is a different tactic than the traditional you know direct acquisition performance marketing, which we're very used to at startups and so it's measured on a different time horizon with different metrics uh, but that said, I can already say that it's been you know it's been quite successful for us um, and it's been resonating really well uh, with our target market so I'm looking forward to hopefully continue to build on it
0: The first time I saw that ad, I was like hang on, what? Let me, what was that? And so I had to go back and like, rewind it again, because I, I thought there's no way that somebody would put out an ad like that. But that is the shock value, isn't it? And I have found for the newest generation of consumers, no matter what they're consuming, that this sort of, shall we say, memeable message mm-hmm. is like jet fuel. I mean, it is some of the highest octane optics you could mm-hmm. put out as a business. and And it sticks. I mean, Who else does this really well uh, outside of insurance? I mean, there are some tech players that do it for sure. Um, I think of like, well, somebody close to where I am just down the street, Duolingo, they use their mascot, an owl, to be just Mm -hmm. generally like rambunctious on social media, completely separate (laughs) from what the business actually does. And they have some of the highest, you know, social engagement out there. And so it makes me wonder, you know, as a startup, what are some things that startups need to be thinking about when doing brand building, when this sort of shock value marketing or nonsense meme messaging uh, it, it sometimes makes for better messaging than anything relating mm-hmm. to the offering. I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. because uh, you know it, it's not just that you startup and quickly growing, but you're also within an industry which is well, well grounded and has been for hundreds of years. You got to break through somehow. So uh, I'm yeah. just curious to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, of course. It is a hard balance to strike. Um, I think, you know, traditionally, if you look at the traditional life insurance or just general insurance industry, it's very, very heavy brand, right? They're really capitalized on that. um, And they've started to catch up to performance marketing. And then if you look at startups, we're very comfortable with performance marketing, and we're just kind of catching up on brand and figuring out how to invest there. So we're kind of coming at it from two opposite angles. Um, You know, it's in our DNA as tech companies to just love clear cut metrics uh, that we can measure really quickly. So usually that's going to be all your direct response stuff, your creative is going to be Uh, very oriented towards your offering. You're going to be able to calculate your return on ad spend by being kind of smart with all sorts of attributions to just know, hey, I spent this kind of money. I got this much cash back. You know, I'm right side up on my economics, feeling great. Um, And there's a point where you need to realize that, you know, you're not just building for short-term growth and harvesting the current demand uh, that you have, but you want to build actually in our case with Ladder, a transformational lasting company. And in order to do that, your marketing is going to have to operate at two levels. You're going to have to continue to do the direct response stuff really well, but you're going to have to start investing in brand because brand will lift all boats. You know, when, when your direct response program starts to diminish in returns, brand is really what's going to come to support your conversion rates. It's going to come to support your organic growth. Um, It's going to come to help, you know, get more partners in the door and candidates in the door. So it's really a multiplying function and a a differentiating moat that I think, you know, startups need to figure out how to invest in, um, you know, not too early, but as soon as they start thinking about the future and they have the financial backbone to, you know, do it, At a level that's going to pierce through and that's definitely not going to be a progressive level (laughs) kind of investment. But if you're smart about your creative, about your spend, you can really uh, pack a punch with it. The one thing I will say, though, just to disambiguate is, you know, I see brand advertising and just brand dots as two very different things. Right. Brand is everything. Brand is who you are. Brand is your promise. Brand is your product. Brand is your look and feel. Um, that is something that you know companies should invest in in day one, really understanding clearly who they are and who they're for uh, and how to show up in the world. And I think once you've passed kind of that level, then brand advertising is just a different tactic that you layer onto your marketing mix.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate the deep dive there just because, well, Listening to this show right now is probably the next startup, not necessarily insurance, but it, you know, in somewhere, and you know, I, I would be, and you know, not, not that I'm a startup founder, but I would be really tempted by certain things, and um, probably would misconstrue those, the nuances of brand, as you've just said. So that was really nice. Thanks for bringing that up, and and yeah. given your expertise there, obviously, and as as the person captaining the ship at Ladder, I, I'd like to know. Without diving into that which you cannot speak about, Mm -hmm. I want to peer into the future with you a little bit um, because I predict that others in this industry will say, hey, we like what Ladder's doing with regard to that speed to entry. Mm -hmm. And that digital experience Ladder leads in now may become so popular that others might try to, you know, uh, pick up the reins and and take it Mm -hmm. themselves. So it becomes then about an ideal overall experience. And yeah. maybe that relates to what the brand is overall, but peering into the future with you, I'd love to speculate a little bit and get your thoughts on what the ideal future insurance digital experience ecosystem looks like. Because what I, I'm still wondering like what really does come after that initial process to keep somebody engaged over time is it content is it layering of things and i think that's a really great dynamic uh thing to you know lever like i said at the beginning but i'm curious what else you think in the digital landscape will keep folks in touch and conscious of their position with ladder or any insurance player Mm
1: -hmm. yeah absolutely i think there's one thing to be said about you know insurance and the fact that there's something about the set it and forget it. That's also, you know, that's also nice. Um, It's something that you want to make sure you have, you do quickly, and then it's just relieved such a huge burden from your shoulders uh, that you're happy not to kind of think about it anymore. Um, But we've had customers say, you know, whenever I see like my charge at the end of the month on my card, um, I know I'm covered. I feel good. I know my family's protected if something happens to me. Uh, And so sometimes, you know, just that is truly enough, honestly, to keep a consumer engaged and staying with you uh, throughout, you know, the duration of their term. Um, There's also high switching costs, right, to, to leaving and to getting another type of life insurance company. So there's a natural high retention and kind of lock in for life insurance. So the question to us is more about, how do you add value on top of that, uh, both to attract consumers um, to a ladder compared to other competitive offerings, and then to add more value to them and add more value to ladder in exchange um, throughout this decade you know, or 30-year-long relationship? Um, so I do think some of that is going to come from all types of possible innovations and integrations in the world of physical uh, wellness, in the world of uh, emotional wellness in the world of financial wellness, right? So you can really imagine all the things that, um, will help you live longer and healthier, uh, that we can add on to kind of our ladder platform. Uh, you know, you could go as far as saying, Hey, Research has proven that having a dog helps you live longer. Like it it can go, you know, it can go that far, right? We could do something with pets in the future, right? Um, Nothing we're doing right now. I'm really being illustrative. And on top of kind of these wellness types of things, uh, you've mentioned earlier abilities to reward you over time for, you know, healthy or safe behavior. Um, so, you know, how many uh, steps you're taking every day, or uh, are you driving safely? Or are you paying your mortgage on time? Are you, so so there's, there's a whole ecosystem of data as well um, that can be used just to, you know, give consumers some money back, which is always, you know, something that everybody appreciates. Um, so I can really see innovations in those two realms. Um, and then the last moat around all of that, as we discussed, is just brand, right? Is feeling like this is a great brand that gets me, that made me laugh, um, that engages with me. And then not only do I want to stay with that company, but I want to refer to my friends. You know, it's a very word of mouth type of product. So really those three layers of a great product with built-in retention, a value add around it and a strong brand to cement it um, is where we see our long-term success.
0: I appreciate the outlook, and I want to round out with one fill-in-the-blank, which uh, brings us home with regard to the way that fans are made outside of the sports realm, which is this, and I'd just love to get your, your take. Finish this sentence, and I'll finish it with a blank. I know that my customer has turned into a genuine fan when they blank.
1: When they shout out from the rooftop that they love you and everybody else should get your product <laughs>
0: Well, can't we all uh, hope that happens with our businesses? And I hope it does with (laughs) yours as well. And maybe to get to the rooftop, they will use a ladder. But Olivia, thank you so much for joining us here. It was great to get your perspective. Uh, Thanks for giving us all a life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks again to Olivia Bourget from Ladder for joining us. And hey, if you've been holding off on life insurance because it takes too long I see you, you got no excuses anymore. And thanks to you, the listener, of course, for exploring the future of fandom with us. I'd encourage you to stay connected beyond minute five. So subscribe to the future of fandom wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can also find all of our content at livelike.com slash podcast. And every episode has a sub page now. So you can go to the website and find that. And across socials, we're also on LinkedIn, at Live Like, and Twitter, at Live Like Inc. I look forward to predicting the future again with you soon. Until then, I'm Adam Conner saying so long and thanks for being a fan.